Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, why not? Uh, it's always good to come in and see you guys. Um, you know, you're big supporters of sport and uh, in particular rugby league. And it's just great to be here talking all things uh, One New Zealand Warriors this week. Can you quite believe how well the club's going? Um, I think internally we we had optimism. We we had a plan. We had you know, a really good feel around the people that are, that are in the right positions. And um, but that's all in theory to go and then put it into into play. And um, you know the footy teams just performed you know really really well. And the off field you know stuff with the staff and their planning and the way their fans have just reconnected with us and we've reconnected with the fans is just has been our whole um, you know goal this year so to do it in the way that we're doing it is just outstanding and we're, we're really proud as a footy club but got a long way to go we have come from a year ago today it's chalk and cheese Kim like you can do all your planning you can put all your chess pieces on the on the chessboard but man um are you pinching yourself that it's come so quickly? Um, yeah, look, I, I think when I cast my mind back 12 months, it, it, it just truly was rock bottom for us. Um, you know, um, we were in Redcliffe. Um, I was only talking to Stacey Jones about it the other day. You know, him and I were living in this house <laughs> and we were just having problem after problem after problem and <laughs> we were sort of getting closer to home and, and, and all that sort of thing. But, you know, we, we were just wishing... For greater things and better things to come, but um, we, we we certainly didn't think we'd be, you know, um, be where we are now. Uh, we certainly knew that with Webby and a few other people and a few changes that were made and being home and all that sort of thing that we'd have remarkable improvement. But yeah. just to see the response from you know the club around a lot of changes that we have made um, on and off the field. Yeah, if I, if I cast my mind back 12 months ago, I wouldn't have thought, honestly, we'd be in this position, but I, I knew we'd have great improvement in us. Mm. I was um, talking to a mate on the weekend who said it almost feels like a cult at the moment with the fans, you know, <laughs> like they're all back in droves and just the the, the um, passion in it is, is something like I've never seen before. And you used to always say, that you know you're going to win people back by winning games. That was almost your number one thing. Is that what it feels like? That just winning has led to that, or do you think there's other things going on as well that have contributed to it? Yeah, I think winning breeds belief. Um, you know, throughout the whole organisation, and, and what I've seen um, once we started getting some really good results on the field, it had all the staff around the organisation starting to believe in you know who we stand for and what our identity is and so on and. The pressure this year um, and, and the plan this year was to really reconnect with our fan base. And to do that, we wanted to build an event around rugby league. So every time you came through Mount Smart Stadium, the experience brought you back. You then became ambassadors for our footy club to go and grab your mates and bring them to the next game and mm. so on. And you would have seen that um, 
if you've noticed, that we do a lot of ticket offers and so on. It ain't about the money this year for us. It was always about getting as many bums on seats as we possibly can. So winning helped that. Mm. But then when we got them there, we wanted to create this experience. And I I feel like um, that winning is getting the people to the game but the experience they're getting is getting those people back out into the in the community saying, you've got to come to a Warriors game. It, it is unbelievable. And the atmosphere that was there on um, on, on Friday night, just gone, uh, where we, we eventually beat Canberra, um, was unbelievable. You know, we had 20-odd thousand people there, but they... Um, but they certainly uh, made it feel like there was 50-odd thousand people there. The excitement um, and so on was great. So whilst winning brings them there, the belief we've got in building an event around it has really made our fans, you know, mm. enjoy it. The um, the team song, the song from In The Sheds, which everyone's been seeing um, on a week-to-week basis because it gets posted all up on social media, but um, playing it out over the speakers and having basically – 20,000 people singing at the same time was just electric. Who, where, did that, where did that idea come from? Is that- yeah, again, within the office, um, the young staff and the game day staff, uh, Simone Barrett, Jackson Baker, Glenn Harris, they put their heads around this. You know, we, we Again, this has been the goal. Let's cr- be creative, let's be innovative, and um, let's get stuff happening. And to do that, um, uh, I don't think we can not, not do it anymore. No. I think uh, it's something that the feedback we've got is unbelievable. And the, mm. the coverage it's generated, um, you know, I think the guys were certainly in there this morning already looking about how we can make that better and change it, that it, it's actually, you know, um, a go-to moment in our stadium uh, before or after the game for every fan to, you know, to be there to, you know, be a part of it. Mm. Talking to Cam George, CEO of the Warriors. Cam, the, the financials, like, I'm always amazed, like, you'll have a win and then you'll have a 24-hour sale, 10 bucks for your kids and 20 bucks for you. Um, is it sustainable? Like, are, are you touching black or are you still red each week? No, it's it's sustainable. It's the model. Like, so it, it's like anything, um, you know, you look at shopping centres, the main purpose there is to get people in the doors and then, you know, everyone can enjoy the experience and the shopping, they'll come back and come back. It's, we want 25,000 ambassadors leaving our stadium, going out and selling our game day experiences to everyone. So, um, you know, we're not we're not going backwards, we're going forwards because what happens, those people uh, become fans, they become avid fans, their kids become avid fans and our future looks really bright. So it steamrolls onwards and upwards in that regard, but then it flows onto other parts of our business. So commercially, uh, we've got corporates and sponsorship ringing up every day, Mm. looking for opportunities and so on because they've been there with their kids and they've experienced it. Now they want to bring their business. Um, Merchandise, you can't get it. Oh, the store's sold out at the moment. (laughs) I was trying to get some more shirts. I I had a phone call from Australia the other day. They can't even get a home jumper in Australia. Wow. Um, and they're asking, "Can you know, have you got one in your cupboard you can get to as quickly? <laughs> and so on. So it all just feeds off each other. Um, so you can go after the top dollar and have 14,000 people there, or you could make it, you know, you can make it sustainable for your crowds to come all the time and have 25,000 there and just be buzzing. And that's what we wanted. That was our plan. Um, and in second to that, but most importantly, we're strategically going after the next generation. We've yeah. really wanted to introduce them to the crowd and there's some great photos where you've got kids in old kit 
uh, turning up at the games. Uh, one of your staff here, her daughter's 15, 16, and her and her friends are just ringing me every Friday wanting to come to the games. <laughs> and that's great. Oh, yeah. That's what we want. And that's what we want to look after our future and make them avid fans, and that's what's happening. What kept you sticking in, Cam? Because you had a lot of crap thrown at you for a number of years. The team was going poos. Um, we had trouble in the playing ranks. Uh, the media were after you. The, it just seemed like everyone was after you. How Martin did Devlin? <laughs> <laughs> you can well, say well, his name on this stage again now. <laughs> how do you? How did you stay focused and shut all that noise out and keep believing in yourself? Well, it wasn't about me believing in me. It was well, you and, the, you and the organisation. Yeah, believing in what Robbo and I and, and, and what we wanted to do. There were so many things that were just out of our control. It's like having a bet in a horse race. Once they jump, mm. you know, you don't know what can happen. You need good luck more so than good management. And and with the Warriors over the last few years, like the world was shut down and, and everyone was throwing, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people were throwing stones and mud and, we're having a lot of problems and that one because we didn't have the right people in the organisation. Um, and that started um, again this year when we had to get a head coach uh, and the belief from him in the organisation, um, you know, started to make me feel like, you know, this is where we belong back home, obviously. But I just believed in everything we were trying to do but we couldn't do because of COVID. So... Yeah, there were some tough times in regards, you know, the personal nature of it, but that's the nature of the sport and this is why I do it because you only have to walk down the street to see how many people are smiling. You're talking to you guys earlier, it makes your jobs easier with the chat and the fan base ringing <laughs> up and texting in and so on. That's why I do it. We're a New Zealand-owned team, you know. We, we want to do it for New Zealand and we've got a long way to go, uh, but the pieces are coming back together. Yeah, Roger's coming back, Chanel's coming back. That's because we're home. Um, that's because the club is their club and they mm. want to do it for the fans. And um, we're the people's club. And it's not about me, but I believed in it so much that I wasn't going anywhere. Mm. Talking to Cam George, we'll take a quick break. And on the other side, lots more things we want to get through with him. Stick around. Welcome back in, Cam George sticking around with us. Cam, I wanted to talk to you about, might be touchy, uh, the relationship with Andrew Abdo because I remember last year I was doing sideline for one of the Warriors games and he was just going, we're going to do something for the Warriors, um, the sacrifice they've made over the last few seasons. We saw all of those teams come out and I loved it with a circle around the team at the end of their games, thanking them for keeping the competition going alive. We haven't seen too much um, we haven't seen a magic round. We haven't heard anything about a state of right. We haven't heard anything about coming back our way. Was it lip service last year, or can you see something on the horizon? Well, there's nothing, is there? It, it's it's disappointing. Um, you know, the game had the opportunity to really enforce it upon a lot of clubs because of the World Cup that's currently on. A lot of stadiums were shut. We tried every angle uh, as a club to deal direct with clubs and so on. And the only thing that um, you know the NRL came up with for New Zealand was the All Stars game, and it should be here. Like, yeah. don't think you're some sort of hero because <laughs> you brought a New Zealand cultured team back to New Zealand to play in their country. Like, it's like you're not going to give New South Wales a state of origin. Yeah. You know, like it should be here. So it's all the additional content. Um, hugely disappointed that we didn't get more. You've only got to look at what's going on now. You've only got to look at what this environment and what this country does for the game of rugby league. And, you know, 
trying day and night to get more and more content here. Sometimes it just falls on deaf ears. You know, I've spoken to them about Anzac Day, but Melbourne Storm seem to think that they own Anzac Day. Um, you know, I think it's appalling we don't have a game in New Zealand on Anzac Day. So hopefully next year that changes. You know, I've talked to uh, you know the NRL about a magic round for the NRLW. Let's give the NRLW their own market. No real response around that. Like this year, we could have had an NRLW magic round. How mm. cool would that have been for women's sport and New Zealand um, to have that here in this country and for the NRLW girls and players. Um, you know, there's so much they can do. The state of origin, like, it, it's, you know, they should be trying to get it here. It's a new market. They take it to Adelaide. <laughs> can't even, like, like Adelaide. Christ yeah. say, how many Adelaide or South Australian-born people are playing in the NRL? Yeah. Compare that to New Zealand mm. and the islands. Mate, this is their market. They're going to Las Vegas. At least come to New Zealand and give us something we deserve. And I think the state of origin would be unbelievable here. I've said it before, we should be Sunday afternoon here. Forget the time frames that they work to. Let's be different. We're allowed to be different. COVID showed us that. Four o'clock kickoff here on a Sunday afternoon or a six o'clock kickoff here, four o'clock in Australia, leading into Channel 9 News. It'd be bigger than the, in the grand final. It'd be mm. awesome. Yeah. Mm. I yeah. love how you're always, um, you know, promoting not just the Warriors, but rugby league, like obviously the CEO of the Warriors, but you're always talking about things in terms of growing the game of rugby league in New Zealand. And you mentioned, you know, the kids, and that's the that's what I've noticed the most this year is just is the young audience that have been drawn to the Warriors this year. And, you know, no doubt a lot of them have been inspired by what the team's doing on the field and, and you know, the Sean Johnsons and, the Dalmatinis, Elisniaks, you know, you see kids wearing the mullets, the mullet uh, sort of wigs and stuff. So, you know, it's inspiring the next generation. But something that we've sort of seen over the last couple of weeks, I know you've, you've spoken on it, but just in light of um, tr- the momentum that the Warriors have built and what you guys are trying to do for the game in New Zealand, how, I guess, disappointing is it that you've then got Canterbury Rugby League signing a deal with the Bulldogs, Auckland Rugby League signing a deal with Manly? Crazy. Crazy. It flies in the face of their obligations and responsibilities for the local game. Like We should be trying to encouraging every young kid in this country to play for New Zealand, to play for the Kiwis. It's crucial for the future of this sport and sport in general. Um, you know, for the likes of you know those governing bodies, Auckland Rugby League, to be opening up the door for Sydney-based clubs or Australian-based clubs to come in and work with our kids... Their only goal and objective, if you're an Australian-based club, is to get that kid to come and play for your club, mm. which is in Australia. Yeah. I put this to you. If any other club, 16 other clubs, excluding us in the NRL, won the competition, what impact would it have on New Zealand Rugby League? Zero to none. Mm. If the New Zealand Warriors won the competition, what impact would it have not only on Rugby League but in sport yeah. in general in New Zealand. You can't compare them. So we as governing bodies, i.e. Auckland Rugby League, should not be opening the door and the rolling out the red carpet to invite other clubs to come in and take that talent away because it's not only one child. What happens, he gets his mate to come with him, he gets his brother to go with him and so on and so on. We should be doing our absolute best to retaining all of the talent in New Zealand for here to be here for as long as possible 
to grow the quality of the competitions. Mm. We don't want to be in New South Wales Cup. We don't want to have Harold Matt's teams, Jersey Flag teams, SG Ball teams. We want those kids playing in quality competitions in New Zealand. And if you're not in our NRL team this week against Canberra, for example, you're playing in the local competition, not the New South Wales competition. Yeah. There's a lot of work to be done. And the first thing you should do is stop the talent leaving the country. We can't keep them all. Mm. They'll eventually go. Mm. Don't make them and let them go at 15, 14, 15, 16. Yeah. It's wrong. Yeah. And it's funny because Bluey, uh, we had Bluey McLean on a couple of weeks ago and he, you know, he's, he's been to World Cups and won Tri-Nations and he says, as much as we love the Kiwis and their success, that <coughs> isn't what inspires the next generation. It's the Warriors and the Warriors doing well. That that's, is what, that's what brings people mate, to rugby we're, league. We're the retail shop front mm. for yeah. rugby league and the Kiwis are the pinnacle. Like, mm. They are dead set. That's, we want... Our players to want to play for the Kiwis. It's like in Queensland and New South Wales, you want your players to play for New South Wales and inspire to play for Australia. Um, to give an example, like do you see Canterbury Junior Rugby League doing a deal with Manly? Do you see Penrith Junior Rugby League doing deals with <laughs> Parramatta? <laughs> you don't. I don't understand it for one bit and yeah. nothing will justify it. No. Nothing. No. Whether you can sit there and say, oh, the Warriors can't have them all, of course we can't have them all. But keep the talent here. Let's inspire them to be here. Let's inspire them to be Kiwis because the earlier they go, the more they'll play for Queensland, New South Wales and Australia. Yeah. We're gone. Yeah. It's just absolutely ludicrous in my mind that we're opening the doors up and not protecting our talent here in New Zealand. So as the whole, there's no meaningful competition for our 22, 23 18, 19 year old league players we've only got 30 in the Warriors that, you know, with so much talent in New Zealand we need a meaningful competition underneath that, like the old Barter Card Cup but Correct. a bit more zhuzhed up so where does that responsibility lie and where is it falling down that it's not happening? Okay, so we're having discussions with New Zealand Rugby League um, Auckland Rugby League are, uh, are involved in those discussions we're, we're trying to help them and get them to get up and get these competitions going because it's going to be a five year investment strategy and growth strategy to try and get the quality to the level we need and other clubs in Australia need to leave that talent here to play locally so um, it, it dead set lies with New Zealand Rugby League, they are the governing body for the game in this country and then they can lean on other governing bodies regionally to help them get the local competitions better. Greg Peters is doing his best. We're going through a bit of a process now to, to try and achieve that. But we're going we're gonna to need a lot of support and that support doesn't need to open the doors up to other NRL clubs to say, come in, let's work with our kids, work with our coaches, and, oh, yeah, take them. <laughs> take them because yeah. we don't want to grow participation numbers. We don't want to grow talent and keep them here to have better competitions. Mm. So, um, you know, the other concerning thing is that that 16-year-old goes to Australia and has a bad experience, they don't come back. Mm. They don't come back and play footy here. You lose them to the game. Where everyone, and look at us most importantly, everyone is better off at home. Grow your talent pool, grow your opportunity. They will always go to Australia to other clubs if they're right, but let them be here mature longer than going as kids. Um, and we need everyone, everyone to protect the talent in this country mm. to make it better for the competitions. Can we afford a comp like that in New Zealand? 100%. Well, why can't we? Let's. 
let's look at the solution, not the problems. And there is solutions here. You know, everyone wants to talk about the history. There's some great history there that gives us the bones of what we should strive to get into the future again with some change. Commercially, I'm sure there's support. You know? Well, with the um, momentum at the moment, yeah, yeah surely. But NRL should be supporting it. Let's go there with a solution and say, this is what we want in New Zealand, and let's make them pay for it. You know, they help the states out in New South Wales. We are more crucial to their future than what Western Australia is, South Australia is, Northern Territory. We're equal to Queensland and New South Wales. Just mm. look at our talent. Do you think there's responsibility on the NRL to stop the player drain out of New Zealand? Oh, I think so. I think, I think um, you know, some really valid um, points that we can explore as to why they should do that, and that is taking kids to Australia, putting them in schools over there and so on, um, doesn't always work. Mm. And then you lose them to the game in general. They're gone. They don't come back. And they're not playing in Australia because of their experience. They're not playing in New Zealand. Where if you have better competitions here, and whether it's schoolboys right through to second-tier comps that feed into NRL um, clubs at the top level, we'll be much better off and the NRL will be much better off because the talent will take on rugby union. Yeah. You know, we'll give the kids a better opportunity here if they don't want to play rugby union. Let's make us the number one sport. But to do that, we need those competitions. And when we have those competitions, we need ARL, Canterbury Rugby League, all those governing bodies to take ownership of the local game, not open the door and farm out all the talent. just doesn't make sense to me and it flies in the face of what their responsibilities and obligations should be to New Zealand. Mm. Yeah, let's hope we can get some sort of <clears throat> meaningful competition, not a easy, well, not a quick fix, but not a difficult fix, Cam. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. But it starts now and it starts it starts don't worry about trying to help Australian clubs. Let's help our own backyard first and that'll all happen in the future. So it's a long it's a long long term approach, but it's gotta start now. Quick break for new sport and weather. We'll come back and wrap it up with Cam George, CEO of the Warriors. Right, great to have you back on board, Cam George. We're going to hold you a little bit longer. So many things we can talk to you about. Um, you touched on before about a p- potentially a magic round for NRLW in New Zealand. Now, we don't have an NRLW team this year. How far away is it? Oh, look, our plan is to go in the 25 um, intake, 2025, the NRL. We've had the discussions. Um, we're planning for it. You know, we've employed Nardine Conlon, who's just a, an absolute She's legend. A champion of the women's game and uh, so we've employed her now in partnership with New Zealand Rugby League to start planning for that. Um, she travelled to Australia recently to understand how the planning and the landscape is going to look like and what's best suits us and so on. So we see it a big part of our future um, and look we're just working to the timelines of the NRL uh, when their next intake will be of, of two more teams so that's 2025. You know, we were the first team in it. We were in the first four teams that, you know, kicked off the NRLW. Sadly, due to COVID, we just couldn't manage ourselves through it. Um, but we're always destined to go back when the opportunity uh, was right. And now we need to build that pathway to get back into it next year, uh, 2025. You, you touched on um, just, I've got a couple more because I know Sammy's frothing to get some more questions out here. Um, Roger's coming back. Sean's just signed for another year. I think we've got Torhu to lead next year as well. The recruitment process 
is an ever-evolving beast because the iceberg's always melting and there's more coming up through the bottom. Is it an easier conversation these days given what's been going on the last six months with the club? Uh, like, are they answering the phone and having discussions now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, winning helps that for sure. Uh, but, you know, Andrew McFadden's come back to the club as our head of recruitment, development and pathways, and he has been absolutely outstanding in setting up that whole structure with an amazing bunch of staff around him. And it, it's all about the people we have in the club doing that. And Cappy's got a, a, a tremendous eye for talent. Um, and he he really believes in the club like Webby, and him and Webby work hand in hand. Cappy, being an ex head coach, not only of of here at the Warriors in particular, but senior roles in Australia, understands what what Webby needs, and Webby really trusts Cappy's view on that selection process. And they, it's quite ironic. Every every couple of weeks we catch up, and and mate, there's never. A debate because they always seem to be on the same page, the two boys, and it's really great. And that discussion just flows right down through his staff with the selection of kids coming in. Next year we're going to have five teams and we're going to have um, talent coming through the pipeline. And Cappy's job is to make sure we get the best talent in New Zealand into our pipeline and then it's our coach's job to develop them. And by the time they get to Webby... They're developed, yeah. they're coached properly, they understand the Warriors' way and the identity of the club, and Webby then is just working with high-quality athletes at the elite level. Yeah. Where without those teams, what happens is the NRL are still coaching. Mm. Yeah. And mm. that slows you down and that becomes a bit of an impediment. So Cappy and Webby done an amazing job there. The discussions are fun, they're easier to have. <laughs> and, um, you know, blokes like Roger and Sean, you, you just... You, you trot them through the office at the right time when there's a kid and his family are there. Oh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Money for jam. The best one's Stacey. The best one's Stacey because the kids don't know who Stacey is, but yeah. mum and dad do. Yeah. They, oh, mate, they just prop <laughs> over him. And, oh, he's Stacey. Come and meet him. The kids are uh, sitting there. Who's he? And my dad's like getting a photo with him and everything. He's the greatest one, Stace. Yeah. Um, Roger, we get asked this question all the time from the listeners, and I don't have the answer, so maybe you can. Uh how close was he to chucking a Warriors jersey on this year? Was the discussion had with New Zealand rugby to do you really want him? He's not in the he won't make the World Cup. He's going to be a Warrior next year. Did did conversations happen? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we asked a question. Uh, we were advised by New Zealand rugby that he'd had to conclude his Blues uh, season out, um, and there was no intention of letting him go. Um, then we had to marry that up with a couple of things. One, I had to speak to the NRL about the notational value they'll put on Roger mm. if he was to come back. Um, you, you, you know, there's been plenty of examples of that around the NRL. So we had to look at our salary cap in that regard. Um, but equally as important, um, we didn't want to put pressure on Roger either, mm. and we didn't want to have Webby feel like under pressure that if Rog came back now, we had to play him straight yeah, away. Yeah. Um, Rog, in Webby's view and the and the trainer's view, was going to take you know five to six weeks of reconditioning, if you like, for an NRL uh, campaign in the centres. And um, by the time he took that into account, we're sort of only looking about now. He he may or may not be ready for selection. Mm. And um, yeah, there, there were a lot of moving parts. So we certainly asked a question. We looked at all angles, and Rog is big on integrity and um, yep. commitment to his contracts and and so on. Um, 
and I know from his own personal view, as much as he'd love to probably put the jumper on, he, he understands he's got a job to do for the Auckland uh, rugby now. Um, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll, he'll have a good off-season with us, mate. Mm. It, it's good. It's, I'm just excited for him to come back next year. Yeah, no, we all are. Um, I want to talk to you about the, the run into the finals, um, but just quickly, I guess, talking about, um, you, you mentioned the juniors here and trying to bring them through so that they're at a level, you know, ready to play in the NRL. When you sat down last year and you you signed back on Cappy, you signed back on Webby, or you signed on Webby, was there a time frame in your guys' eyes of a premiership? Because so often people talk about Penrith and they talk about you know Gus Guild's five-year plan to bring through juniors underneath senior players, and then you know in five to sort of six years' time they're talking about challenging top fours and premiership. Did you have that in mind when you sat down and signed on Cappy no. and Webby? So when when Webby's probably the first. He was the first piece of the puzzle. Um, bearing in mind, like we'd signed Mitch Barnett, Marada Naircora, um, Chance come with the, the exchange of Reese Walsh out of the club, um, and Tamari came after Webby, and you know we had we had a few other you know little signings as well. So all those pieces were in play when we signed Webby, and I remember having a discussion with Webby, and Webby, um, you know. He's very pedantic, as casual as he is. He's very pedantic, and he went through every stat of every player in our top thirty. I provide him all the information and so on. And this is day two of him agreeing to mm. be a part of our club. And normally, as as you say, people will want to make change, and that happens in any organisation when they take over. Um, <clears throat> but he truly believed in the squad we had. The only addition he brought in was was Tamari. Yeah. Um, so I remember um, I I presented Webby um, at the start of the year before game one with with his first New Zealand Warriors uh, one New Zealand Warriors jumper for the first game as we do for the players. I you know presented him with his debut jumper as well, and I said to him and I said to the playing group that this bloke didn't want anyone else outside of this room to come into the club. He truly believed in every player mm. was the right fit for us right now. And our whole sort of mentality is let's just win everything we do. Whether it's week one, week two, week three, week four, the premiership will come mm. when we get that stuff right. But we go to training, we train the best we can, and we win that day. We win the next day. We win in the gym. We win at the team meetings. We win in reviews. Everything's about trying to win, win, win. Mm. And the big premiership stuff will come later. Yeah. But if you get all that other stuff right, it'll come sooner than you know we all thought. So there was never a plan. Yeah, because I guess the reason why to win. <laughs> yeah, I guess the reason why I asked that question is because you know you're looking at it now, and as Steph mentioned, you know Sean one more <coughs> year, Torhu moving on potentially going to retire at the end of next year. A couple of older guys. Is does it feel like there's a window here? And the fact that at the end of next year, maybe we're you know, going back a little bit to start rebuilding. Yeah, yeah, and that's the way our cap works. Um, uh, you know, Webby and Cappy and I have had a really good look at this sort of whole process. Um, there wouldn't be too many clubs in the competition that win the competition with a heap of space in their cap. Yeah, you, you know, you, yep. you dead set test it right to the yep. the final dollar. Yeah, and we have for a, a while had room in our cap. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what we're waiting for, but I'm waiting for a premiership. Yeah. So I said to these boys, let's peak our cap. Mm-hmm. Let's peak it to win the thing. 
And um, that's sort of our, our approach as you touch on, you know, over the next year or two. And then by then with our development teams producing the talent coming through the pipeline, we're starting to get the benefit of a salary cap by having our own developed players coming through in 25, 26, 27. Mm. So you have peaks and then you, you sort of go again. Yeah. Um, we're getting there and, um, you know, we're, we're really excited about what's happening, but I'm just so excited about the talent in our pipeline that Cappy and the boys have got uh, ready to come to the Warriors over the next couple of years. So a bit of salary cap for next year. Could we see maybe a couple more signings, do you think? It never, ever stops. I think we, we talked on the recruitment stuff. But you, you can sit here and say we're locked in. We don't have a spot. Mm. Um, we know that. But that doesn't mean something doesn't change. Mm. And that can be for any number of reasons. And I've experienced all those reasons the last three years. But <laughs> it, it, you can't sit here and say we're not going to sign anyone or we will sign anyone. Um, we've got no spots left, but um, I'm pretty confident we're going to be very stable which is really cool, um, but it's rugby league, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I'm not foolish to think that things don't change from time to time. Cam George, taking a lot of your time. Uh, I've got one request, not a question, one request. Can you give us an up the waz? <laughs> <laughs> Mate. Your best up the waz. <laughs> up the waz! <laughs> yes! Love it. <laughs>